The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. Yes, it can seem rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, and it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of your inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. Here on The Christine Uptrich Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Are you ready to step into your vibration of change? Welcome to The Christine Uptrich Show. You might be listening live in the Seattle area on 1150 AM, KKNW, can't even say it. I'm like, Too much candy yesterday, apparently. Apparently, apparently. Um, And on Transformation Talk Radio around the world, also Blog Talk Radio. Or you might be listening after the fact on ChristineUptrich.com or one of the 50 or so podcasts this ends up in. But whenever and wherever you're joining us from today... We are so grateful you're here, and you're going to be grateful you're listening, too. But before I tell you who our our VIP guest is today, I want to say hello, and congratulations to Mr. Benny Mathers, the producer. Oh, stop. Okay. Should we say why? Hubbard Radio. Yes. Every year, we've got a contest for Uh best costume, and how how Uh many years in a row have you won? So I've won back-to-back years. Uh, I did a pretty decent job on them, and I've actually won three in total before yesterday, and Uh make it number Five. Wow. Yep. So yes. I won again. So back to back to back. Um, it's like a three-peat. So I feel like it's the Bulls three in the peat, 90s, like, like the Chicago Bulls playing in the 90s, you know, with Michael Jordan and all that. So I can't be stopped. Yes, yes. And um, I posted your, you did. your picture uh-huh. on Christian Church professional page on Facebook yep. just because it, I mean, you were the, the claw machine. Yeah, I was. <laughs> so uh, someone gave me the idea of like, you know, their uh, daughter actually did the, a, a similar version. I'm like, that's not a bad idea. And then I kind of let it sit in you know, my head for a couple you know, days. And then I usually run up to about three weeks before I really need to start cracking or building. Because uh-huh. I like to build all my costumes usually. And that's kind of like, I think, a little bit of an edge that I can have. Yeah, it was and incredible. Thank you. And it had working lights and all that. So I start, I got that idea. And so basically I was basically a little like stuffy like head like my head would be in the game like you could win me uh-huh. or the other items in there so was, I was, was in there the a claw functional machine. claw it was not oh a, I, I couldn't build you're, something you're, that quick but yeah, well your your head's probably grateful for yeah, that right totally <laughs> but I ended up getting yeah, another win and it was cool we had a lot of great com- you know competitors here com- other you know employees at the station and it's always fierce competition so uh-huh. yeah, oh yeah amazing costumes so congratulations thank you thank yeah. you and you know I, I, I love having this show because it helps get positive messages out. But I have to tell you, Benny, on my way in here today, mm-hmm. I saw signs all over. You know how you see, like, signs for apartment complexes, oh, we have openings now, or this time of year, political signs. These signs were <laughs> supportive signs, things that said, um, you matter, usa importa, um, you got this. They're all over the place. I don't know who's doing it, but um, I would love to hear from you if you're the one who's doing this because I that think it really idea. makes a difference. You're sitting in traffic, mm-hmm. seeing you matter, you got this. It makes a big difference on your day, too. It can totally flip things out. It's like, you know, just reframing on getting out of bed. You don't grab your phone right away. you just like, I'm going to have a good day today. Exactly. And then yes. you'll be surprised on what it'll do for you. And we are having a good day today. We are. And I'm so grateful for our guest today. We have Kyle Cease. Um, oh my goodness! <laughs> Where to start? First of all, can you fan he, you down a little bit? Fan you down? Like, no, no. It's just like there's so breathe, many breathe. amazing things about him. Um, he's a comedian. He's a transformational speaker. He's had two number one Comedy Central specials. Uh, get this: he's New York Times bestselling author, USA Today bestselling author, Wall Street Journal bestselling author. He's had sold out audiences all over the place for his Evolving Out Loud um, events, and. It's interesting because he, because he blends his comedy with motivational speaking and personal evolution. Um, he's spoken with renowned teachers like Eckhart Tolle, Jim Carrey, Michael Beckwith, Deepak Chopra, Marianne Williamson. And he's been on so many amazing shows. I'm grateful he's on our little yeah, show today. Yeah, and now today. with Christine Upchurch. Yes, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. is the author of, I hope I screw this up. How Falling in Love with Your Fears Can Change the World, and his more recent book, The Illusion of Money, Why Chasing Money is Stopping You from Receiving It. I'd like to welcome our guest today, Kyle Cease. Hey, Kyle. 
Hi, thank you for having me. It's so great to have you here. And, you know, Kyle, I'm always curious about a person's evolution that brings them to where they're at right now and what it is they're offering. And when I look at your um, bio and when when I've read your books, it's like, okay, well, I kind of understand how you've gotten here. But can you share with our listeners how you went from, you know, in the high life as a comedian to motivational evolutionary speaker? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I, I So I actually grew up in Seattle, uh-huh. and um, I always, I don't even want to say the phrase, I knew I wanted to be a comedian. I knew I was a comedian. I uh-huh. mean, sure. it was my identity as a child to perform stand-up in my classrooms and, and to um, perform you know, at 12, I was doing comedy clubs in Seattle and wow. working at, you know, in my teen years at clubs like Giggles and and the different comedy clubs around town. And, and it was crazy. And at 18, 19, I was a headliner and I started working clubs also like the Comedy Underground and mm-hmm. doing theater shows and, and, and performing everywhere. And then at 20, I booked a movie called, it was huge, it was called 10 Things I Hate About You. I love that and, movie. I've seen it many times. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, so I was the nerdy character in it, uh-huh. Bogie Lowenstein, who threw the party. Right, and, right. you know, it was a big deal. It was like one of the first, if not the first audition I ever had. I didn't have an agent or a headshot or anything and just happened to book it and, and was totally me in it and in that audition and then not only did I get the part, they made the part longer and longer and made it kind of a, a you know, a bigger thing in the movie. And uh-huh. I moved to L.A., had a very big, you know, year uh, career of, of touring as a comedian and headlining everywhere. Two Comedy Central specials, other movies, not another teen movie, different things like that, mm-hmm. late shows, all of that. And there was a moment where things started changing. And, and there were so many aspects of this, but one was just the fact that it wasn't calling to me anymore. And it was a weird revelation because I started realizing that even your dharma can change. Even mm-hmm. your your entire childhood dream, what you think you were put on this planet to do, can evolve or change. And something in me felt, I don't feel like doing comedy anymore. I don't feel like going to clubs. I don't feel like doing stand-up. And I just noticed this feeling of almost obligation like that it pays really well or Mm -hmm. that people know me as this comedian so and that's who you are and that's how you've defined yourself right and something in me started actually playing with the idea of following the highest callings and sometimes the highest calling you can't see the specifics of it and Mm -hmm. sometimes the highest calling is just to let go of something that doesn't align without seeing the specifics of what's on the other side and one huge thing I learned while kind of doing a lot of inner work with a friend of mine was when you let go of something heavy, the only reason you're stressed is because your mind can measure what you will lose, but it can't see what you'll gain. Oh, I and, love that. Yeah. And it was, a, yeah. And it's a huge thing when you hold on to something that isn't your highest calling. Mm-hmm. Like if on a scale of one to 10, the 10s are the things that expand you and move your soul and, and say, I would become a different human being if I say yes to this. Well, Imagine everything below that. Are, are you keeping the old story alive? Mm-hmm. So, and, and like comedy went from a 10 to a 9. And it was like it would keep my egoic construct alive. It would keep the story that I get love from my parents for being funny alive. It would keep that alive. But my soul would be taking a break. I wouldn't know the truth of what I am. And so just without seeing anything on the other side, in saying I'm officially done doing comedy clubs on the road at one point, in, I believe, 2011, maybe 2012, mm-hmm. um, I made space for something new. Right. And my parts of me that were addicted to the love that I got through comedy also died with that. When mm-hmm. I said I'm done doing comedy, also the parts of me that got love for doing comedy dissolved too. The parts of me that got loved as an entertainer, that, that, that character that I was, that was addiction, you know, and mm-hmm. habit, uh-huh. that dissolved too. And what was on the other side was amazing space, amazing love, a, a connection to myself in the moment that was even bigger than the greatest gig that I ever had as a performer. And the more I felt connected and realized I'm the answer I'm looking for, I'm the space, I'm the other side, I'm all of it, 
I made a much bigger space mm-hmm. for much bigger things to happen. And I, I had this moment in my soul where my body said, what would happen if you combine comedy and transformation? Mm, and, yeah. and, I, and I had no evidence of the way that I wanted to do it, it being done. So my ego kicked in and goes, well, the way you want to do it, it, it hasn't been done. No one's ever done it. And my soul was like, yeah, no one's ever done it. Uh-huh, like, exactly. My and, soul was like, the, the way I want to do it, I mean, I know there's all the George Carlin's bringing awareness in and stuff, but what sure. I wanted to do was this kind of Michael Beckwith, Eckhart Tolle meets Steve Martin, Jim Carrey sure. combo. And then it was like the door opened to an entire sea of synchronicities and possibilities. And, and even more importantly, the revelation that even though these jobs and gigs that I was doing were amazing. I'm still the answer. I, it's still me in this space. Like, uh-huh. and the, sh- the first shift was in comedy. I used to bring the stage into my life, meaning like I would go on stage who I am as this famous comedian or from those movies. Uh-huh. And I would bring that identity into my life. Mm-hmm. And now I bring my life into the stage. Yes. The moment oh, that's is profound. The, and the, the stage is the byproduct of the moment that I'm I'm learning. The stage just makes me two feet higher and my understanding and what I know in my nervous system now through ten years of evidence is no other moment is more important than the moment I'm in. So mm-hmm. in this moment with you or when I'm on a date or when I'm asleep or when I'm <laughs> whatever, right. Right. it's no more important than any other moment. And that brings so much power because we always think, you know, when I finally get that job interview or the date or, or the money, then I'll be happy, which is a negation of the moment that we're in. Mm-hmm. And my, my power has been showing up as I continue to be in the constant practice of receiving this moment mm-hmm. and receiving that I'm enough and there's no other thing. And the, everything else is contained within this space right mm-hmm. now that we're in. Yeah. This, is, this is wonderful. Um, we have to go to a quick break. But on the other side of the break, Kyle, I'm going to want you to share what this has to do with money and impact. Stay tuned for more with New York Times bestselling author Kyle Cease here in just a few moments. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, It can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. If you struggle with fear and anxiety, you know how powerless and stuck these emotions can make you feel. You've tried everything, but nothing helped you overcome these blocks. Dr. Friedman Schaub, award-winning author of The Fear and Anxiety Solution, created a special program which helped thousands of his clients to become healthy, happy, and confident again. Learn how to eliminate negative self-talk, let go of your emotional baggage, and replace limiting beliefs. With Dr. Friedman's accelerated program, you can break through your challenges. Visit thefearandanxietysolution.com. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. For centuries, spiritual traditions have talked about how humans have an energy field, or aura, surrounding them. Although skeptical scientists refuted this for decades, science is now beginning to catch up with spirituality. Scientists can actually measure light emanating from living beings, so they can measure the human aura, which in scientific terms is known as the biofield. Many medical practitioners around the world use an instrument to evaluate a patient's biofield for the purpose of diagnosing illness. They understand that imbalanced or insufficient light in a person's energy field indicates a physical or emotional problem. The good news? There are ways to balance and increase your light, resulting in greater well-being. For more information, please check out StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. 
many times do you find yourself saying, it was nothing? Next time someone tells you, great job, you'll know how to accept it and not deflect it by listening to Courage to be Seen Radio with host Sherry Clark. Sherry Clark is an experienced global engineering leader, coach, and mentor. From her experiences one-on-one coaching to corporate consulting and executive coaching, Sherry has learned many women need at least three things to discover and face success. Learn about the ACES program, how to survive male-dominated fields with grace and authenticity, and reach the top without ever once giving up on who you are. Courage to be Seen host Sherry Clark explores the awesome power of your entire self. Check out her website, CourageToBeSeen.com, and listen to the first Tuesday of the month at 11 a.m. Pacific with host Sherry Clark. You have the courage to be seen. See you later. Welcome back to the Christine Uptrick Show here on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. You know, Kyle, um, before the break, you were sharing this powerful story about how you shifted from comedian, where you got all those accolades and you were getting plenty of money, to shifting to kind of combining comedy and personal growth. And you know, I think that there are probably a lot of people who are listening right now who think, you know what, I'm not really happy doing what I'm doing. I'm getting called to do something else. Does it mean it's going to be easy to get from point A to point B? Um, I think that it's weird because there's an aspect of easiness combined with pain. Uh-huh. In other words, like meditation, for instance. I meditate every morning at least an hour a day, usually two. Uh-huh. And it's, it's sitting with my eyes closed. And often we say it's hard. And hard, I don't think, is the right word because we're sitting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, sure. It's sitting with your eyes closed. But, <laughs> but it, Tough it, job, it, yes. It, and hard is a great word we can use as an excuse to stop it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like right. you're sitting and you go, hard means I don't know if I can do this. And so I'm going to choose not to. Now, it can be painful. It can be incredibly painful. And the pain that you're feeling is to fall apart of everything you're not. One of the biggest breakthroughs I had with a group of people I'm working with every morning right now is the only thing that can fall apart is your prison. The it, only thing uh, that's collapsing is what you thought you were, and we were confined by that prison, meaning like, what's falling apart? My feeling of connection, my feeling of other people's love, my feeling of love the way I learned it from my childhood. Those mm-hmm. are the things that are falling apart whenever we're really moving into the highest version of ourselves. So when you meditate or you move into something big, there's always a painful collapse. And that's what this part of your story that no longer serves you. So what's that? So if if you go through this a few times in in one way or another, doesn't it provide you the lesson that it's safe because when you come out on the other side, you'll have greater ease and greater expansion? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that <clears throat> deciding to go for the truth of what you are has so many more rewards. And there's nothing more painful, I think, than being aware of what you truly are uh-huh. and moving in the smaller story. Like, you know, there's some people that have really, really high awareness that there's something different about the world than mm-hmm. it presents itself to be. There's, there's people that have in their body that the way that life says, who you are is what you achieve, and you just put the money away and retire at 65, get a mm-hmm. regular education, and right. get a marriage, and that's life. There's yeah. something in our body that says we can have those things, but there's, there's got to be something more. And anyone that would listen to this show or the stuff that I do has that calling in their body. Mm-hmm. And they have this kind of cursed blessing combo of being a butterfly. Mm-hmm. And the butterfly is not necessarily guided by what the world tells them. It's not guided by those boundaries and doesn't say, the only thing you do is get a job that you don't like and, and bring in money and take care of the family and then die. There's yeah. something more. And when you have that butterfly aspect, you understand that the butterfly moves based on intuition. The butterfly moves based on feeling. The butterfly moves based on the moment. A butterfly doesn't create a mental pros and cons list, and it doesn't check in with other people unless those other people are butterflies. Mm -hmm. And our pain is when we go, I have this butterfly-level intuition, and I'm wondering if I should do this thing, but I'm going to check in with caterpillar mind. I'm going to check in with people that haven't (laughs) access to butterflies. 
I'm going to ask them. And one of the things, the butterfly's last-ditch addiction that they have to stop themselves from flying is coaching and telling other people that they should fly who have no idea what you're talking about. Right, right. Butterflies <laughs> love to go, I have this intuition, and I'm going to get my mom to understand it. Oh, right. and, and the mom is like, I don't, even, I, I don't necessarily have your wings. I don't know what you're talking about. And the reason you're so passionately trying to get other people to fly is because you want to fly. And instead of trying to get anyone else to fly, we have to start flying. And what I believe I'm here to do is help people that have access to that butterflyness. And the way I help them is by flying myself, by being in that work, by accessing the guidance system that comes from a higher place versus the what you should do story of the world. Sure. And and so that's that's my function. And and there's a lot of things that I've been able to accomplish that are external results like the New York Times and the, the giant theater shows, and they're mm-hmm. nice, but they do not define me. They are, And the more I, I, I make what defines me at this moment and what I can tell anyone listening is that the highest thing you can access is this moment. Got to experience things that our egos experience. And here I'm back with myself in this moment wanting to access that same thing that you have. And we can have it now. We can listen to this silence. And the first thing that happens when you start listening to silence is it starts removing everything that you're not. Mm-hmm. The first few days of meditating can be agony because it's a fight. It goes, I'm going to remove this part of you yeah. that thinks you're the small story and, and got love from your dad via, you know, yelling or, uh-huh. or got love via abandonment or sure. got love via, you know, you keeping it all together instead of letting it fall apart. Like, I'm going to make all of those parts of you collapse. So that can be very, very, very painful. Um, so, but man, it feels good when it gets to the other side yeah. and you're crying it out and you're suddenly in the truth of your butterflyness. And you've talked a lot about, um, both in your book and, and in the conversation, you talked about the connection to the body. And I think that when you get to the other side, it's, it's almost like there's this effervescent ease is what I, what I experience when I do get through that other side, it, it goes from this constriction to this expansive feeling. And it, yes. it's, it's almost like we can trust that it's there on the other side, but we can't depend on it being there, have that attachment to it being there because we have to be in the moment and experience whatever it is we're experiencing, you know, it, right. even if it's really, yeah. really unpleasant and painful. Oh, I mean, many, many days for me are this amazing feeling of oneness combined with massive agony and pain in my body. Uh-huh. And, and you know, it's funny because there's times where life creates a circumstance that you feel really will create uncertainty in your body, mm-hmm. right? Right. Whether it's a feeling of financial lack or someone in your family is sick or you're going through loss or a potential divorce or whatever. Sure. Your body feels this crazy agony. And what it's actually trying to do is get you to be there with the pain that's in your body and stop looking at your circumstances as a way to distract yourself from your inner child. Mm -hmm. And our circumstances, when they're good, are these incredible distractions from the pain in our body that only stems from us not being there with our inner child. Now, we can create the illusion that we're unseen by our partner or society or our audience or whatever. Mm -hmm. But really you're looking at the partner to see you. And in doing that, you're ignoring your inner child. Right. And we have this incredible ability to go, man, I'm in pain right now. And what's the pain doing? It's forcing me to feel this lump that's in my stomach or this, this darkness that's in my chest. And I never look at that because my circumstances usually are just good enough. Mm-hmm. that I don't have to. Right. And when life starts to fall apart, you're suddenly stuck looking at this inner child that has never felt seen, and then you're used to trying to feel love for it through the lens of what you felt in your childhood through your parents that probably were more unconscious than you are now. And so you get this amazing opportunity to be there with that pain. So in pe- being there, you'll feel this lump and this pain because usually that lump was there, but you were kind of skipping over it sure. and now you feel it but also you feel a consciousness that can see that lump you're connected to a a oneness that can be there with that pain yeah that presence and that, that presence and allowing yeah. yes and and that oneness 
thing is magic. And, it, and you'll discover that even though you feel pain at times, you also have powers. Mm-hmm. And you also can, can do things that you didn't know that, that the small version of you couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And you notice things synchronistically working for you. And because you see your inner child, you suddenly can create a really good relationship. Or now that you see that you're the abundance you've been looking for, you're suddenly finally safe for money to come to you. Because right. because you weren't saying money is my source of happiness. You're saying I am. And if you're saying money is my source of happiness, you're saying if I don't have, I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. So you're actually pushing money away every time you want it. Yeah. But if you go to a place of becoming the abundance that you actually are, and being in alignment with it and having it routed in your mind and your nervous system and your soul, then you're finally safe for really big things to come to you because you can receive the love that you are. Now you can receive anything. Mm, This is powerful. Um, We have to go to another quick break, but stay tuned for more. And we're going to talk. Yes, we are going to get further into money. And Kyle's going to surprise you because it's not what you think it is. Stay tuned for more. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. For centuries, spiritual traditions have talked about how humans have an energy field, or aura, surrounding them. Although skeptical scientists refuted this for decades, science is now beginning to catch up with spirituality. Scientists can actually measure light emanating from living beings, so they can measure the human aura, which in scientific terms is known as the biofield. Many medical practitioners around the world use an instrument to evaluate a patient's biofield for the purpose of diagnosing illness. They understand that imbalanced or insufficient light in a person's energy field indicates a physical or emotional problem. The good news? There are ways to balance and increase your light, resulting in greater well-being. For more information, please check out StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Calling all moms, it's time to awaken your vibrant, intuitive, loving self in every area of your life. Join host Debbie Pokornik as she shares thoughts, stories, and tools to help you stand in your power. Listen to Vibrant Powerful Moms Helping Everyday Women Create Extraordinary Lives, Mondays at 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 Eastern. For more information about Debbie, visit empoweringenergy.com. That's empowering with letters N-R-G.com. Right now, ask yourself, how far are you from your dream? Are you closer today than yesterday? Entrepreneur and personal coach Deborah Rothschild brings the wit and wisdom to transform you into a new dynamic you. Tune in to the Deborah Rothschild Show, developing a dynamic you. To learn more about Deborah, visit thedebrashow.com. That's the D E B R A show.com. Tune in live every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on transformationtalkradio.com. Is traditional medicine not working for you? Do you still feel as if your health isn't 100%? Here at the Holistic Medical Center, Dr. Nushin Darvish and the qualified staff look through the dimensions of wellness and start a healing plan prioritized to your needs. Our physicians assess the whole you until complete health is achieved. Get the help you need by visiting drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Welcome back to the Christine Eptrich Show here on KKNW in Seattle and Transformation Talk Radio around the world. I'm talking to Kyle Cease. He's the author of a new book, The Illusion of Money, Why Chasing Money is Stopping You from Receiving It. So first of all, Kyle, 
what is money? It's this, you know, I, I know that so many people either yeah. want it, want more of it. They, they're, they're afraid they're not going to have it. They'll, they get it and they're afraid they're going to lose it. What is this thing called money? Well, it's funny because so many people say money isn't the most important thing in the world, uh-huh. which I agree with, but we move as if it is very often. Yeah. And in other words, if you take a job that you don't like, what would be the only reason you would do that, right? And what is that a declaration to the universe, right? I'm mm-hmm. taking a job that I don't like. So I'm t- telling the universe I will hand eight hours a day over of my soul, of the highest version of me, so that I can get the guarantee of money, right? Or right. if you have a highest calling that just shows up, some spark in your soul that says, let's go to Italy right now, or let's go take that seminar, or let's write the book, and you go, I can't because I, I can't afford it or I don't have money. That's another moment where we declare that money is bigger than our soul, right? right and right. so there's a lot of people that I, I, first of all, address. I agree that money isn't the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. In fact, I believe that if we would actually make our soul the biggest thing and learn to follow as calling, you're going to create a space of abundance that's so big that money would have to come. Because you're suddenly worth more than money. Yeah. And one of the things we've done is we've created the illusion based on how we move that money is the most important thing in the world, and we're chasing the wrong highest asset we have. Now, let's think about this. Let's say you and I went for a walk in the woods, uh-huh. and I rounded a corner, and you weren't with me, and I found a waterfall, this infinite waterfall that's flowing. And what would happen if I grabbed a cup, filled it up with water, walked back from the waterfall, you didn't see the waterfall, and I just said to you, look, a cup of water. Can you believe this? A cup of water. Isn't this amazing? Uh-huh. And we just see this limited cup of water, and we didn't look at the source that the cup came from. We just go, look at this cup of water. Right. Now, if I showed you the cup of water, and we realized we have just this cup of water, we would immediately look at it from a place of lack. We uh-huh. would go, do I have enough water to pay the rent? Do I have enough yes. water? Right? And And what am I not showing you? I'm not showing you the source of where the water came from. Now, you are the source of every dollar you've ever made in your life. Uh So we got to get excited about you, not the the dollar, not the money. And there's, there's a way that we see money outside. And the money that's outside of our body doesn't matter. It's just a giant lump of cash or numbers on a board. Who cares? But there's a way that we see money inside. And when we look at money through the filter of ourselves, it has a whole different meaning. And everyone's meaning is different, which means money isn't the factor. Uh-huh. The factor of how you see money has to do with what you were taught or your parents' connection to it or sure. the beliefs you have. Some people believe money doesn't grow on trees or it's the root of all evil, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So if money is the root of all evil, then you're going to have this really big conflict where you won't feel that you're deserving of, of receiving it because you'll be evil. Sure. And right? I, I know that so. there are plenty of people who think only bad people have lots of money. And right. so it's, it's it, you know, it's not evil per se, but if you have too much of it, then that makes you somehow bad or part of this evil club. Um, yeah. It's... So if you, have, if you have dueling belief systems of, I wish I had more money, and only bad people have more money. Mm-hmm. You're actually going to constantly, unconsciously sabotage the opportunity for you to receive more money. Sure. And constantly be judging yourself because you don't have enough. And if you get more, judging yourself because you do. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So are we actually scared of money or is it our connection to our parents? Is it our connection to our childhood? It, it has to do with money more chasing more. In fact, I can't tell you how many people I've discovered in the last that I worked with that said they're horrified of going broke. But when we broke it down, it's who would I be if I went broke? Uh If I went broke, my mom will withhold love for one of us. Or if I'm broke, my dad will abandon me again. Or if I'm broke, my parents will get a divorce like they did when I was five. Like the real life or death fear that we have around money often isn't really that you'd go broke. It's, it's death to the childhood story yeah. to have your story change from what it is. I, I and, wrote down a yeah. quote from your book that, that seems so fitting right now. Money isn't causing or creating your fear. It's just bringing it to the surface. 
Mm. So, I love that. I love that too because when you're meditating, it's weird to say I love it. It's my quote. But when oh, <laughs> go for it, yes. Med- yeah, when you meditate or you're going through the highest level of yourself, all kinds of darkness comes up, mm-hmm. and the reason it comes up is because it's coming out. Right. So be excited because it's leaving. Mm-hmm. One of the things we do egoically is when our darkness shows up, we try to figure it out. We try to figure out what it means and uh-huh. what its long story is. And, and that's craziness because you're actually stopping it from leaving now. Like, right, having a relationship like, with it, you know, deepening the relationship or changing the relationship with it, but continuing the relationship with it. Right. Well, if you, if you go to a dentist and they pull out an old rotten filling out of your mouth, you're going to see it because it's leaving. Uh-huh. It's leaving your mouth. But imagine if you saw it because it's leaving and you grabbed it and said, what does this mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> what do I do with this? Uh-huh. What is the story behind this? And then you have this giant significant thing. I know what it is. In a past life, I had a filling removed. Uh-huh. I know in my childhood, it's because of my grandpa. He probably had the same filling. And all of a sudden, oh, my Myers-Briggs is that I have fillings removed. <laughs> <laughs> like all of these things. Oh, it's my Enneagram. Yeah. I get it. It's because I'm a Scorpio. I always have. Uh-huh. I go into a psychic and she said in my past life, I had the filling. Okay. So this is where we suddenly bring this egoic significance in and stop the thing from being removed. Yeah. And uh, it's being re- removed because the universe removes what you don't need from you. Uh-huh. And I, I think that sometimes we will somehow, like, just get this aha moment where we get its meaning, you know? Um, and it could yeah. be, okay, there's that filling, and, and I used to, like, go to sleep chewing on a piece of candy on that side of the mouth. You know, there's some truth to it. Oh, oh yeah, I remember that, you know, and it's gone. Um, I know that right. when I was facing cancer, when doctors had nothing to offer me except what would be, like, chemo for the rest of my life, um, I, I realized that, you know, I didn't know the big why. And it wasn't until years later that I, I understood, oh, there I was working on my doctorate, and I wasn't happy, and I didn't have the courage to leave. And when I was a kid and I wanted to get out of school, I'd get like a tummy ache or a sore throat, and yes, I would manifest it for real. But, uh, you know, as, as a grad student, the only way to get out of school has to be something bigger like cancer, you know. And so I, I realized that. But when I was in the midst of it, um, you know, I struggled, and eventually I had to just sort of let go and, and not know the meaning. Um, but the meaning eventually just kind of hit me over the head, kind of like, oh, there it was. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly, exactly, exactly. It's just it's just right here. And all right here is trying to do is is remove all of that. Mm-hmm. It's just trying to get us here and be here, you know? And mm-hmm. that that's the ultimate power. So one of the things that that I find that I've had to deal with is being right here right now means letting go. We talked about some of the letting go of, of you know, who we think we are and, and um, how we find meaning in our lives. How do we come to terms with um, this moment with not having what we think we need for security? Like being okay with lack of security. For some, for some people, yeah. it's a matter of, okay, well, I want security in my old age. But for others, it's, it's a matter of they don't know if they're going to be able to pay rent next month. So how do right. we come to terms so with next, that in the moment? Next month. Yeah, well, it's funny because in saying money equals security or anything else equals security, uh-huh. you're saying I'm not security. Mm, Just yes. sentence is the, is the delegation of security is outside of me. And I've seen people with no money suddenly have money, uh-huh. and I promise you they're not more secure. Mm-hmm. I promise you yeah. that they're going, what if I lose this? Mm-hmm. Like, I better not lose this, and what if someone takes this from me? And the bigger I get, the more people want it. I mean, I've had a friend win the lottery, and she said it was like one of the craziest things that happened to their family, and it's just like what brought all the darkness in, because their yeah. security was suddenly completely outside of themselves. Mm-hmm. And when you say money equals freedom, you're saying freedom equals, uh, or, or money equals freedom. I don't equal freedom. Uh-huh. And and we have to get to a place where we understand in every sense of our body that we equal freedom. Yes. And when people say, that's BS, you know, you don't know my story, realize that you have to go to your story for that. Mm-hmm. And are you a safe space for your story to be seen by you right now so it can be transcended? Because you don't want security. You just have wired yourself that security comes in this way that you learn externally. 
Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily the truth. So, yeah, I also hear the idea of I have I have rent to pay next month. And I go, I know all the more reason to finally prove to yourself that you're your sense of security. Uh-huh. Like everyone's reason for why something doesn't work. First of all, the way they were doing it wasn't helping anyway. Right. So I go, you're right. Let's look at let's look at how much you keep getting in the way of you getting your rent paid by making money the answer to everything and life going, okay, I'm going to keep removing this thing from you because you're saying this thing is bigger than you. Everything you're worried about losing, one of the things the universe does that's so beautiful is it often takes the things that we're worried about losing from us so we can still see that we're safe without it. Mm, oh, yeah, love and, that. And if you're worried that you're going to go broke, sometimes life goes, yeah, okay, let's make them broke so they can still see that they're enough. Mm-hmm. If you're worried you're you know, going to lose your relationship, and just sometimes life goes, yep, take the person away from them. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you saw a guy walking down the street with a big cup of water, wobbling it. It's like half pouring out and everything. Going, I'm scared I'm going to lose this. I'm scared I'm going to drop it. You go, here, let me hold this for you. And then you take it from him. Uh-huh. And life's the same way. It goes, let me take this thing from you that you think is the answer when really it's the thing blocking you from the infinite being that you are. Uh-huh. I'm going to remove this from you. Love because this. you're making it your God versus the moment. Mm-hmm. We have to go to another quick break, but stay tuned for more with, with Kyle Cease. Have you been seeing numbers like 111 and 222 everywhere you go? Do you feel that the universe may be trying to get your attention, perhaps offering a message of some sort? As it turns out, numerical patterns and certain types of geometry form the very fabric of our reality, from cells under a microscope to the astronomy of our night sky. At Stellar Reflections, we offer special sessions which tap into these patterns designed specifically to support you on your journey. The 111 and 222 activations are sessions activating new patterns in your energy field, which in turn can help you create new patterns in your life. After just one session with a practitioner, either in person or via distance, clients report gaining greater clarity, becoming more intuitive, and honoring their inner truth as they move forward in their lives. Curious about what these transformational sessions might do for you? Call 425-999-9836 or visit StellarReflections.com. That's StellarReflections.com. Are you willing to challenge everything you've been taught about life and death? Join Angie Corbett Kuyper on her hit show, Beyond Grief Radio. Redefining loss and grief as Angie shares through choice, present moment awareness, and keeping an open mind that creating anything is possible, even in death. Tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information or to listen to past shows, visit AngieCorbettKuyper.com. What is a brilliant culture and how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you align your culture with your business strategy for exceptional results. Looking for a culture that drives organizational excellence? Listen to Cultural Brilliance Radio, the second and fourth Friday of each month at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit culturalbrilliance.com. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. What does the word healing mean? Many think that healing merely means eliminating symptoms. However, based on my many years as a healer, I have a much broader perspective on the word. Healing can manifest in a variety of ways, including having physical problems resolved, becoming more emotionally centered, experiencing better relationships, gaining greater clarity, and feeling more spiritually connected. True healing always includes some level of transformation. Whatever form healing takes, there is one commonality, an improvement in quality of life. To me, the highest form of healing goes beyond aligning with wellness. It comes from recognizing our soul's voice and allowing it to speak through us. And in that sense, don't we all yearn to heal into our wholeness? Please visit StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show. You know, Benny, you do choose some amusing uh, Thank you very much. I music segments very sometimes. Very dramatic. Yes, yes. And um, before we go any, go any further, Kyle, I want to make sure we can fit in um, how people can connect with you. Yeah. So there's kylecease.com, which also is, you have the option of 
you don't know how to spell my last name, you have evolvingoutloud.com uh-huh. is also the same website. I have probably 500 videos on YouTube. My book, The Illusion of Money, is so awesome. I'm so excited about it. It's doing really, really well. And many people that read it are buying it by like the tens for other people. Uh-huh. So I, I promise you it'll change your life. It'll bring an actual abundance to you and it'll bring abundance in soul ways and then as a byproduct financial ways. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's really exciting. And so the illusion of money, why chasing money is stopping you from receiving it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it is a, know, it's a wonderful yeah. book. And, and I, I love some of the examples that you've got in there as well so that people understand that, that yes, it can have that effect of you know, bringing in the financial abundance as well, but it's really about shifting your life and being abundant. Well, it's, it's really it's funny because there's a way that this sounds like an airy-fairy term to people. And one of the things I was saying to a client I was working with this morning, you know, she, she wants to be a mother, and she can't. Apparently, she has some health issues and can't, right? Uh-huh, and right. Is having a hard time getting an adoption thing and all the different stuff. And I, I used to be a mother. And, and what was really big was there's a way that we want to be things that we hear through the filter of our ego, and uh-huh. then there's a way through the filter of our soul. I said, you want to be a mother, and first life is making you start by being a mother to your inner child that feels unseen right now, and then as a mother to the world. Like, I think of someone like Wayne Dyer or Mr. Rogers as uh-huh. a father to the world. Yes. You know, and trying to her into being a mother. And that's the first step where we even throughout the aspect, right? Ky- the Kyle, we're, happens with, we're having some issues We're kind here. of losing your cell phone just a little bit. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, sorry I'm about sorry. that. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Try again, so yeah. What did, where, did you, can you hear me now? You're okay? It's about it's, the same, but yeah, let's keep, keep moving. Keep going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was saying that if you're wanting to be a mother, first life wants you to be a mother to the world, mm-hmm. you know, a parent yeah. to the world. And and we can also hear things through the filter of our ego, like I want abundance and think that just means money. And the child version of us thinks abundance just means that I see seven figures in the bank. Mm-hmm. But the soul version goes, abundance is my connection to this moment. Mm-hmm. And, and when you actually access that, then you're safe to receive financial abundance too. But first we have to chase the real moment abundance, right? Mm-hmm. You might think that you want a relationship. The ego thinks that means with a partner. And the soul knows that means with the moment, with yourself. Uh-huh. And so... Life is trying to burst something much bigger for you before it just gives you money so you can stay in your smallness. Mm, and that's that. trying to happen for all of us right now. And so, yeah, that's, that's what this book is about, is you accessing the true abundance of what you are. And I promise you, money will follow, but you won't care mm-hmm. because your happiness is in the moment of your abundance in this moment right now. One of the things I love in your book, you distinguish between an external goal and an internal intention. What's the difference? An intention is something that you have now, in the moment. Mm -hmm. A goal is just a a measurable as an external result. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And so, let's let's say that I'm going to do a talk tomorrow. If I have a goal externally to whatever sell a bunch of stuff from the stage or, you know, get a bunch of people to buy something or get the audience to like me uh-huh. in a certain way. That's the goal. An intention is something that's inside. Like, let's say my intention is to connect to the moment, to express my soul, to reveal the truth of, the, of God, to, to learn, to grow, to expand. Then everything I do on stage with a byproduct will be totally different. Mm-hmm. Right? right? So, an example I've used before is one time my intention was to learn patience. In life, at one point, I decided to go on a juice fast. Uh-huh. And I was on a juice fast for six days, and on day three, I weighed myself and I had gained weight. Oh, dear. Now, if my intention. <laughs> If my intention had been results, I would have been pretty annoyed. Yes. But my intention was patience, so I got excited about what I was supposed to become in the process. Uh-huh. And a few days later, I felt very patient and calm, and life totally released the weight. Uh-huh. 
mm-hmm. because I was learning patience. And when you make your intention stronger than your goals, your goals will suddenly chase you. Yeah. And so a great intention could be to be here. A great intention could be, you know, you, let's say something happens to you, you're going totally broke. Your intention is to find the truth of what you are, mm-hmm. right? You see how suddenly your external doesn't own you if you decide to create an actual understandable intention within every moment. Mm. An intention in, that's why it's intention, yeah, internal. Love that. love that. Right? So uh, there's one other thing I hope we can cover in just like two minutes here. Sure. You emphasize the importance of giving, what does that have to do with abundance? Yeah. So this is really big, but if you realize, remember the waterfall analogy I used earlier. Uh-huh. If, you, if you realize you are a waterfall and you saw that you were an infinite supply, wouldn't the first thing you start doing being, doing, you would think, get all the water in my bank, as, all, as the most water, you go, I want to get other people to have water too. Uh-huh. Right. And the the more you act as if your waterfall is not, is the more you act like your waterfall is limited, the more the waterfall limits itself. And the more you start to give, and I don't mean give as an avoid, of avoidance of receiving. Mm-hmm. I mean actual giving. And there's some of us that are really good at receiving and not giving. Sure. And there's some of us that are great at giving and not receiving. Uh-huh. And most of the people that listen to our stuff are really good at giving and not receiving. True. They're giving, 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 and not receiving the internal abundance of what they are. And your giving is only affected by how much you receive and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And if you cut off your receiving, you cut off your ability to give and vice versa. Yes. So I find when life gives me a lot, I have to donate a lot of it. Uh-huh. And the more I do, the more I receive a much bigger flow yeah. and prove to myself that I'm the apple tree, not the apple. Right, right. right. And, that, and that's, that involves some trust in the fact that the, that the apples will continue to grow or the water will continue to flow. So it's not ours right. to hold on to. But life's responding to what it's doing. And if you're saying like it won't flow, then it won't. Mm-hmm. And you act part of putting our money. Hoarding million-dollar ideas, this, it ironically stopping us from receiving more money because we're hoarding our money and going, yeah. I got to hoard this energy. I got to also hoard my ideas. I got to hoard my content. Mm. I got to hoard all the books that are inside me. I got to hoard my health for the world. Yeah. yeah. So we cut ourselves off from our abundance. This is a really important book. Um, again, I want to uh, tell everybody it's The Illusion of Money. And um, Kyle, it's been great to have you here. Thank you so much for sharing your message, for having followed your heart, followed your soul path, as opposed to just staying with the comedy um, and um, helping people to evolve. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for having me. I'd love to come in studio soon. That'd be great. We will make that happen. Yes. And I want to thank you for joining us here today because you are the reason we're doing this show. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to empower yourself to step further into your vibration of change, please visit my website at christineupchurch.com where you can learn more about my insights, upcoming events, and private sessions.